Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. We are in this new series called This Is Us. All right, so I saw a couple people walk in that I know watch this. Who else, like, this is like your show, Okay. All right, so this is like, you're, you're going to love these next few weeks. However, I'm not really talking about the show at all, so I hope you still love it. Um, this is us. If you, how many are familiar with the premise of this TV show? Okay, a few of you. So not ever, just, just a handful. And uh, talk to them afterwards, because I'm probably going to get some of this wrong. But this is us within the show. Um, I've watched a few of the episodes, and I still have to say the pilot was my favorite. Because in the pilot, what you realize, and I don't want to give everything away, but all of a sudden you realize that the main characters in the first um, pilot, doesn't matter who they are because I can't remember their names anyway. And uh, they all share the same birth date, a lot of the characters there. Well, then you later on you go to find out that they actually all have these commonalities together. They, they all have, they're all interconnected in some way, hence this is us. And you learn about their different struggles in life. You learn about their different aspirations in life. You learn about their, their different dreams in life. So let me ask you, does anyone here have any struggles, dreams, or aspirations? All right, I got, so three of you do. All right, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you have struggles, aspirations, dreams, desires, or you're alive, would you raise your hand? Some of you are dead. Okay, so, all right. Um, here's what I want to do this morning then is this. We all have different experiences. Look at the person next to you right now. Look at the person next to you. Just, just make them uncomfortable. Just say, you have experiences that matter. You have experiences that matter. All right? So you have experiences that matter. We, now, how many of you think we got the same experience? How many with your spouse right now, you're like, we have different experiences that matter? <laughs> yeah. My wife and I, man, we're like night and day, beauty and beast, okay? Like we are, that, we're just opposite, all right? But yet we're all interconnected. Right now, every single person in here has one commonality. Every person in here, every person in the kids' class, every person out in the, out, out in the entryway, every person back on, on sound and media, we all have one giant thing that's in common. Now, this is going to sound really stupid, but it's true. The one thing that we all have in common right now is we're all here, okay? That's about where it stops. That's about it, okay? So this is us. This is us. We're, that's, like, after that, all of a sudden, you go, well, that, that value I hold a little bit differently, or I think about this a little bit differently, or you read this scripture a little bit differently, or maybe you haven't read scripture in a long time, and you haven't, you know, looked at that in a while. Maybe you're questioning your walk with God. Maybe you're like, you're wondering why people question their walk with God, but we're all connected right now, right here, and I believe God has a purpose to speak to every single one of us this morning. That's different, so allow, don't listen to my words, listen to what God wants to tell you. Now, truth be told, when, when I'm in church, and if we switch roles right now, be transparent with me for a second. How many, on, on occasion, you're listening to the pastor, and it triggers something in your mind, and you go on like a mini mental vacation? Does that ever happen to you? Just me? All right, yeah, okay, here's the deal. Sometimes that's a God thing. Sometimes God wants you because he's trying to teach you and tell you something and show you something. That's the spirit leading your life. Other times it's just, I said lunch or pizza, okay? And you're like, yes, pepperoni. All right, so this, let let me do a couple things here, lay some groundwork for where we're going in this series called This Is Us. And by the way, um, I'm not here to condone the show This Is Us. Um, I have watched parts of it. So if this keeps clicking in and out, let's grab that blue mic. Um, 
The Bridge Church, in which you are attending today or are a part of, is different than any, every other church. I want to share this. We're not going to talk about the church too much, but here's what I want to tell you. If you say, hey, let's look at our church, compare our church to all the other churches in the area, and, and we have to list which is the best church. Well, we all know. No, I'm kidding. None of us are the, we're not the best church. We're one church serving Christ, correct? That's what it's about. It's not about the Bridge Church. It's not about the E-Free Church. It's not about the Baptist Church. not about the Lutheran Church. not about the Independent Church. It's about the Church of God. And so within these things, though, we all have differences, yet we're all connected on the under the umbrella of Christ. The one thing for us that's a little bit different, now this is not our purple cow, which is we're a life-giving church. This is even different than that. It's the fact that we are known as what's called a spirit-filled church, okay? Now, you might say, well, what is a spirit-filled church? What does this mean? And uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But it's something, being a spirit-filled church, this is us. This is who we are. And I believe this one thing can actually transform your entire universe, your entire world from what you see, okay? It's the one thing that I believe God wants you to receive today. It's the one thing I believe God wants to show you or challenge you in your faith. Uh, we're going through the, the purple book right now uh, after church, and uh, uh, we're, we're doing study four, chapter four, and it's all about this today, and so it's cool how this lined up. I didn't plan that. Um, somebody else planned that. I wonder who. Here's the one thing. This one thing in your life can guide you. How many want guidance? This one thing can help you conquer that sin that you just can't conquer. How many have that? Don't raise your hand. Okay, the one thing that can actually change your entire relationship with God in the most positive way ever. What's that one thing? What is that one thing? Well, that one thing is really simple. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not really simple though, is it? It's not really the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, don't check me out yet. Okay, my my wife's the only one that can check me out right now. Okay, all right. So, do you get the Trinity? Do you get it? Does it make sense? Are you like, yeah, I'm good, man. I get Father, I get Son, I get the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. I believe some of us, we understand Father God because we have an earthly Father. So it's easy to go, all right, I had a, I had a Pops on earth. I get it. He's my Pops in heaven. We can make that connection. We can make that jump. We all have brothers and sisters. And, you know, Jesus was manifest, God in the flesh. And so for us to go, hey, this is Jesus, I get it. It totally makes complete sense. Then we get to the Holy Spirit and we're all just like, huh? We're all like, I don't, this, what? what? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? How's the Holy Spirit? Op- Are we supposed to worship the Holy Spirit? Is he with us all the time? If God's everywhere all the time, is he in hell right now? Is he in hell? These are things that go through my mind. And I go, what is the reason and the purpose and the meaning of the Holy Spirit? So here's what I want to ask you this morning. Do you get the Trinity? Do you understand the Holy Spirit? Do you see how it could impact you in your life? And my hope is that you're saying, I'm not quite sure. That's my hope. I hope you don't have the answer yet because I want to help you on your own reveal that answer to you from God. And so here's my dare. I have a dare for you. Double dog dare you to do this. You ready? Okay. Youth love dares. My kids love dares, man. You like dares? You ever get, come on, you remember the game truth or dare? All right. We could do truth. We can share our biggest sin or we can do dare. Let's go dare. Um, I double dog dare you this morning to dismantle your misconceptions and inherited prejudices about the Holy Spirit. Let me say it one more time. I absolutely double-dog dare you this morning to dismantle your misconceptions and your inherited prejudices about the Holy Spirit. Okay, my prayer is... Yeah, let's switch. This keeps cutting in. 
short. Oh, I thought you said I was too short. I was like, I'm not done yet. No, all right. Hey, hey, wow, there we go. That's like just night and day difference there. I don't know what I'm going to do without one hand, though, now. It's kind of weird. Um, my prayer is this, though, for all of us. By the end of the message today, this is what I want your prayer to be, if you're willing. I want you to say to God, God, Holy Spirit, I want you and everything you have to offer, all of me for all of you. That's what surrender is. It's that simple. Now, how many grew up hearing the Holy Spirit? Before it was the Holy Spirit, it was known as the what? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Right? How many remember it like, kind of being scared of it. The Holy Ghost. Okay. When I first heard Holy Ghost, when I learned that was actually a translation, it freaked me out because I'm going, why why is God compared to a ghost? It's a horrible translation. There's nowhere in all of Scripture you will see it translated ghost. Not one place. So this is us. It's a Holy Spirit church. And so instead of this, like, spooky thing going on, we need to get back to the Bible and look closely at what God tells us about this part of himself, okay? The word spirit. Everyone say spirit. Spirit. It's mentioned more than 800 times in scripture. 800. And so we probably should take a look at it. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is ruach, okay? Which literally means a violent exaltation or a blast of breath, okay? Or a strong wind. In the New Testament, the Greek word for the same kind of breath is pneuma, okay? Which translates, ready for this? It actually means a breath or wind, a current of air or a strong breeze. Not a ghost. Won't find that in all of Scripture. If you're with me, say yeah. So let me say this. If the Holy Spirit is like breath or wind, and if you were outside last night, it was like crazy windy, wasn't it? It was crazy. Then let's think through these characteristics of wind, and perhaps we can gain a clear, more concrete idea of who the Spirit is is and who how he's meant to be in our lives um anyone here ever go to camp did you ever go to camp i love going to camp i was a camp counselor for a couple years and some of you are are familiar with my story but back in 1995 i was a camp counselor in uh, this beautiful lake called many point lake it's a scout camp and my job was to be the camp counselor i wore you know huck finn gear i was the huck finn guy and i had like a straw hat and you know, I got to go out in my bibs, my overalls, out onto the Huckfin raft. And while I was out on the Huckfin raft, we had about 20 kids with us. And this night was more different than any other night. This ginormous storm came through. And and I remember, like, actually wondering if I was going to survive. I don't know if you've been in that scary of a storm before. Like, this was scary. And we had to, th- this Huckfin raft that we were on out on the lake um, we had to take our kids in these canoes at about midnight and go to this little place that we called Boomtown. And Boomtown was a 1940s cabin that we all stayed in. And there was no insulation. It was, it was just kind of nasty, gross. And while we're in there, the storm like just picks up and up. And, and I've got these like growing kids, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old boys that are all like in tears because they're thinking they're about to die. And, and you're hearing like wind. And I don't know if you ever heard wind like this. If you live close to a train, it sounded like a ginormous train just coming ready to just just pummel our entire uh, cabin. Well, at this point, I wasn't a Christian yet. And there was this, this lady, this crazy lady. She would speak in tongues. She would, you know, prophesy. She, she was kind of weird. And I'm thinking, 
she's like, let me pray. And so she prayed for us. And all of a sudden this like peace came over us that I was not ready for. I wasn't ready to experience. And she prayed that God would keep us protected. Well, in that cabin, we looked up and outside the wall of the cabin, um, we look out and we see this giant pine tree that's about to fall down on us. And I'm talking one of those huge, mature uh, Norwegian pines. And it falls on top of our cabin with all of us in there. I don't know how this is possible to this day, but it just rested on the cabin. It never even hurt the cabin. This this tree's got to be, you know, what, 10,000 tons? I don't know. But in this storm, Itasca, they lost about ten to 20,000 trees. Um, it's up at a camp near there. And I we woke up the next morning and I looked out and I saw what this wind did. And wind is incredible. It's incredible what I saw the wind do to our boats, to the trees. The National Guard had to come in. It was just, it was a mess that I saw. I want and I so desire for you to let your theology become a little messy this morning. Okay? You have my permission with that. Dare you. Get rid of those misconceptions about who you think the Holy Spirit is, and let's change it. So I want to give you three aspects of wind this morning that I believe will help us get a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. All right? So the first one is this. We can't see the wind, right? Can you see the wind? Can't see it, right? It's invisible. So the first aspect of this is the invisible wind. It's something we feel. Oh, I experienced, man. I was there. I looked up, and we saw birch trees just going boom, 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 boom. I was thinking I was next. Sitting in there, God spared us. One, only one person in the entire camp had an injury. It was a complete miracle. We cannot see the wind, yet while we can observe its effects and we can see its impact on what? The leaves, the trees, kites, windmills. We never actually see the wind itself, do we? Can't see it. But the fact that we can't see it doesn't keep us from acknowledging that it's reality, that it's there. Okay, we've got to realize that the Holy Spirit, even though the Holy Spirit can't be seen, He can be felt, right? Can He be experienced and observed in action? So, in, just to give you an example of where I've been before, um, have you ever been in that worship moment? Maybe you experienced it this morning for a little bit, but in that worship moment where you walk in and there's like this peace that surpasses all understanding. There's something that's happening. There's something that's different. Or you walk in and, and and you get like goosebumps on your arm, you know, in this worship service. And you're like, man, like this is real. I can't see it. I can't even explain it. I don't even know what this is. Or all of a sudden you just feel like God's so on your heart. You know, or all of a sudden you feel like you just need to cry. Or you're like, man, I just, I'm just happy that what God's doing. That's the Holy Spirit working on your heart. No, 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 Chris. That's just, that's just emotion. Ah, I think pastors can use emotion to get to that, but that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there. He's undeniable. He's real. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was at North Central University in one of their chapel services, and there was a guest speaker who got up, and he started speaking about uh, one of the times he spoke. He was a revival speaker. He'd go around speaking at these different events. And at this event that he was at, he started sharing how he started talking about um, how the Holy Spirit moved on his school. He was from, I, I believe, from Chicago, Illinois. And he started telling us this story, and we're all listening. And he said, 
You know, as I was praying and telling people that, you know, at the school, so I'm, I'm at North Central. He's telling us about his school in Chicago. And he said, well, he was at his school in Chicago. The Holy Spirit showed up. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? Um, well, while he was speaking, and you got to remember, there's about 1,200 people in the chapel at North Central. And he starts sharing. He starts sharing. He said, what happened is, um, he said, I, I was praying, and, and I was asking God to move. And then he started sharing the story of God moving in that school at Chicago. And while he was doing that at the North Central Chapel, all of a sudden people uh, came out of their aisle and just came up to the front and knelt. I had never seen anything like this before. But people just felt so strong of the Holy Spirit on their heart that they, they were like, I need to get my life right. And it wasn't any fantastic message. It wasn't anything but the Spirit of God moving in their hearts. And so I look around. There's 1,200 of us as students at North Central. And all of them, as this guy's talking, he doesn't even invite people up to the altar. They just, like, start coming and kneeling and weeping and praying. And to the point where actually our professors canceled class the rest of the day. And for the next, you ready for this? This is crazy. Probably the next six to eight hours, they left the chapel open for people to go experience what was happening there. All that was happening was God showed up, and he just wanted to get our hearts I believe that's what God is still doing in us. Now, let me say it like this. I sometimes get frustrated because we can't quantify and we cannot objectify the Holy Spirit. I like to have things that I can control and I can see and that I can completely understand. You know, and I think sometimes it'd be easier if we could catch the Holy Spirit, we could take him apart, we could do the scientific method, we could look at him that way, but instead we've got to rely on faith. The Bible defines faith as what? You've heard me say it before in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. That's got to be our belief in the Holy Spirit. Number two, this unpredictable wind. Did anyone hear that storm last night? In the middle of the night, about 3, 4 in the morning? It was crazy. It started sleeting. It, started, it was just nuts. I think I heard thunder even last night. We're on spring break. So just imagine the cool breeze. You're sitting on the ocean. You're just feeling the breeze, you know, come off the waves. Some of you on Facebook Live are there right now. We all hate you, um, and uh, we love you in the spirit. And, uh, you know, and it's just, it's just wonderful, right? You're just feeling the mist from the ocean waves. Oh. And then, like, in a whirlwind, I know we've got Doppler radar. We've got everything today. But to this day, they can't, like, exactly figure out and predict where that tornado's going or where that hurricane's going to land, you know? You know, it's going to be a big hurricane. It's going to be a little hurricane. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. The wind is completely unpredictable. It's totally unpredictable. Now, here's the catch. This is where I want you to uh, get rid of your old misconceptions of the Holy Spirit this morning because I believe that the Holy Spirit can show up when you're not ready. I believe the Holy Spirit can do things in our life that we don't even think we're, we're prepared for. Because he wants to show up and he wants to show off because he wants the glory. The Holy Spirit, he moves in this unpredictable way. In fact, there's one instance in Scripture, it's really interesting, where in the English, uh, the English translators, they don't use the word wind. Excuse me, they use the word wind. They don't use the word spirit. And so Jesus, in chapter 3, here comes the Pharisee. His name's Nicodemus. This is where we read the famous verse, John three sixteen. It's about eight verses before this. This is what it says. The wind, that's the Greek word pneuma, same word for the spirit. Same word. Okay? This is an identical word. It's no difference. They just translate it this way. The wind 
blows wherever it pleases, or the Spirit. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. See, before we even got to the famous John 3.16 verse, Jesus made sure to say, it's got to be led by the Spirit. Eight verses prior, it's got to be led by the Spirit. Jesus made explicitly clear that the Holy Spirit moves like a wind in this unseemably unknowing way. It's unpredictable. Unpredictable. Now, how many love, you just love unpredictability? I hate unpredictability. I want to know what's going to happen, man. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know how it's going to be in church. I want to know how it's going to be at home. When you let him, the Holy Spirit can wreck you in such amazing ways. The unpredictability makes a lot of us really uncomfortable. Your pastor is one of them. Most people like everything orderly, everything in its place, yet the spirit wind can blow through and it can quickly change all of that. Okay? If this quality of the Holy Spirit makes us so uncomfortable, then here's the question. Why is it such a key part of the Spirit's essence? Why? Why? Here's my, here's my best guess for you. I suspect, and I wrote this down here, I suspect that if he were predictable, rather than trust in him, we'd trust in the system. Okay? The structure, the kind of cause and effect behavior that leads to legalism. I got to do this, I got to do that, rather than relationship. If we could constantly predict the Spirit's movement, then we would figure out a way to accomplish things without Him. God wants us to depend on Him and interact with Him on a daily, ongoing basis. Can I share with you the hardest part about reaching people in today's world? You know what it is? Any ideas? You know what it is? The hardest part about reaching people and telling people about the love of Christ today, number one, like above all else, is the fact that most people... They don't need God. Or at least they don't think they do. They don't believe they have a need for Him. And we get these little nudgings of the Holy Spirit that show up. And yet I think sometimes we ignore those because we think, you know, I was just like bad pizza from the night before or something. You know, God, you want me to go be a missionary? God, you want me to plant a church? God, you want me to, you want me to do what, God? And it's so unpredictable and outside of our norm, sometimes we ignore it and we miss what God has. Now, the good news is he's still God. We still get to have redemption, and we, he can still put us back on that track that we were meant to be on in the first place. To receive all he has for you, you have to get, un, you have to get comfortable with the unexpected and the unpredictable. You have to, okay? So, some of you came from churches that told you how the Holy Spirit works. Okay, some of you came from churches, they told you. Or, or that or that he was done working. So, some of you came from churches where the Holy Spirit, man, it looked weird. Some of you came where you're like, there's a Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I, I want to dare you not just to believe words I'm saying this morning, but I want you to look at your word yourself and go, what is it that the Holy Spirit, this is us. We're a spirit-filled church. Have a spirit-led life, and it will absolutely change what God is doing in your entire of life and purpose. It will change it. It'll mess you up. It ain't going to be pretty for a while. But if you say, God, I just want you, I want your Holy Spirit to lead my life, things will change. Number three. Everybody say, powerful. Powerful wind. Powerful wind. You know, one of my, one of my sons, and uh, he's back on the computer right now, Levi, 
uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we were at a regional science fair contest and uh, up in St. Cloud. And I know some of you were there too. And while we were there, his experiment is this. It's really, really cool. And I was like, this is preaching material, man. And uh, he had he did this experiment and he took these, uh, um, I had some like leftover pop cans that he took and he cut apart and he made, you know, those like windmills in the South that you see in Iowa and places flatter than Minnesota, um, you know, all of those he, he took and he made a mock one. And what he did is his experiment is so cool, man. I'm so proud of him. He's way smarter than me. He, uh, he turned the angle. Make sure, if you yell at me, if I'm getting this wrong, he, he turned the angle and he made it to see exactly what would give the blades the best RPM, depending on the angle of how they were turned. And I'm like, dude, man, remember me when you're older and rich. Okay, buddy. Like he's super smart and he's looking at this. And I thought, I thought about it like this. So I'm looking at this, you know, windmill thing he's got in his room. It's so cool looking and very creative. But then I was thinking, you know what? I think sometimes God is trying to change our angle so that we can receive him the right way. I think he's trying to go, Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta change this in you a little bit. I gotta, I gotta kind of realign this one thing or these two things because I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. You see, wind can generate electricity, can sail a ship, or can destroy an entire city. Wind has power, okay? At the heart of it all, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, it's all about power. It's supernatural power. It's scary, man. This kind of divine, unseen, unpredictable power has been part of our faith since the day of Pentecost. Now, if you're not familiar with the day of Pentecost, way back in the Old Testament, you had Joel chapter 2. Um, is it, it's like, I'm so sorry. Um, I wish I could, I wonder if I can go without a mic. No? Okay. All right. Sorry. If it's driving me nuts, I know it's driving you nuts. So we're in this together, right? All right. So, um, I wonder if I go like that, if that'll change it. A little bit. Okay. Um, Just needed to do a little beatboxing for you. That's right. Get you back on track here. Um, the wind is so powerful. God's wind, the Holy Spirit, it's known as this. All of us, I believe, want this kind of power in our lives, or we need it in our lives more than we even think. More than we think. Heather, where was I when I came over here? Thank you. I got distracted. Joel chapter 2, it said that in the last days... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your men will dream dreams. Your old men will see visions or visions and dreams. And said, in my last days, I'm going to do this. In my last days. Then we read in Acts chapter 2. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then it goes into Acts. Somebody didn't put the Bible together the right way right there because Luke wrote Acts. And actually, if you look at it, the book of Luke and the book of Acts are actually one entire unit. It reads right from Luke into Acts. Luke wrote the book of Acts. And in chapter 2, one of the things that Luke wrote is this. We see the day of Pentecost. We see his account of it and what happened. Okay, day of Pentecost, all of a sudden tongues like fire rested on them. And and the Jews were ticked because there was people like you and me of non-Jewish heritage that were receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time. And the Jews are like, whoa, 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 we're like the chosen ones. You know, we're in. What, 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 what? And they were mind-blown that the Holy Spirit was now available for all. 
realization became that Joel chapter 2 was a fulfilled prophecy at that time and that the Holy Spirit was poured out for all who believe, period. Doesn't matter if you're Jew, doesn't matter if you're Gentile, doesn't matter if you were slave, if you were free, doesn't matter if you're male, if you're female, doesn't matter your age. Anyone can now receive the Holy Spirit because Jesus ascended into heaven, said, I'm going to send you the counselor, the comforter, that's the Holy Spirit with us. Sent him so now that we can have. Anyone here familiar with uh, Charles Finney? I don't know. Some, some of you might know who Charles Finney is. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, Billy Graham, uh, you know, breathed his last on our earth. Charles Finney did back in the 1800s, 19th century. His ministry reportedly led more than half a million people to Jesus. This is crazy. Was a major leader in the Second Great Awakening. He was actually training to be a lawyer. He didn't feel called to any kind of ministry But Finney became intellectually curious about Christ, but resisted turning his life over to God for a long time. However, check this out. He eventually felt so drawn to the Holy Spirit that he could no longer resist. He later described his first encounter with God's Spirit like this. I want to read what he said here. This is so just unbelievable. He said, The Holy Spirit descended upon me in the manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. It's powerful. All of us want some kind of power in our lives. Even if we think it's easier to serve God on an intellectual level, if we can you know, contain something in our thoughts, if we can understand and analyze it, then we feel at least like we got some, we got some control over this. But if we truly want to experience a breath of fresh air in every area of our lives, we have to allow God's breath to resurrect us. And that's his Holy Spirit. Some of you are holding back. Just to be very blunt with you. The Holy Spirit scares the living daylights out of you. You don't like the Holy Spirit. It freaks you out because you don't got control. You don't understand him. Or you're simply not willing to get to that place of complete surrender. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13, it's a famous verse. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. In other words, it can't be halfway. It has to be total and beyond your control. Are you willing to give him that? That's what he wants. That's what he deserves. That's what sets us apart. This is us having that spirit-led life. It'll change your life, learning to rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, think of it like this. If you have a, a river, you know, or a standing body of water, I think sometimes our faith journey is like that standing body of water, a lake. We stand in it, you know, fish and let your toes, right? You know, a few things are happening. And that's about it. We're stationary. We're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with this faith walk. But we don't realize is how much more fun we have in the river. When we go from this lake and we go into the river, which the Holy Spirit's described as a river in, in the New Testament, when you get in the river, what happens is what? Have you ever gone into a river with a strong current? You walk in, you're walking over a few rocks. You can't see the bottom even sometimes. You're going, I don't know what's in here. I don't know what's going to happen if I let go. But you go a little bit deeper, and as you go deeper, you can feel like the water cresting up towards your ankles. And you're going, man, I could, I could go in a little bit further. 
I, I could, but, you know, I'm kind of close to shore. This is my comfort zone. I'm, I'm good here. This Holy Spirit thing's a little weird for me. It kind of scares me. But then as we take a next step in, then we have a choice to make. And the choice is this. We can say, you know what? I'm good, comfortable up here with just this level of the Holy Spirit. I don't want the Spirit to lead my life. I'm comfortable in my sin and my junk. Or if you're ready to leave that crap behind and go for it, the Holy Spirit wants you to. The Bible describes us when we stay in this spot, when we say, God, I'm not ready for you to change me. I'm not ready for you to challenge me. I'm not ready for your wind to guide me. It's described in the Bible as a dog who vomits, goes away, dips his feet in the water a little bit, and then goes, you know what? I'd rather go lick up my vomit. It's a great word picture, isn't it? What do you want? I'll tell you what I want, man. I want to be in the river. And so what happens is we go into the river and we got the choice. We can go lick up our vomit, okay? And depending on what you had the night before, you ain't going to want to do that. Or you get into the river and you have a choice to make because that current is strong. It's powerful. It's unpredictable. You can't even see the current. You can see the waves and the water, but you can't see the current just like the wind. And you have a choice. You say, Am I going to go all in? Because if you lift up your feet, you're going to float away. And it's going to be a crazy adventure. You're not going to know what you're going to hit. You're not going to know what's going to happen. But God will change your life as you say, you know what, God, along this river, if I let my feet go and I just, I just, I'm just long for the ride, wherever you lead, God can lead there. Here you're saying, I want to still be in control a little bit. So what do you want today? What do you want? The Holy Spirit led life is transformational. It will change you. It will change everything about you. Many of us prefer to just wade water in the river, just to step in for a little bit, experience some of God's mystery while staying in control with our feet firmly planted. But I'm here today to say this, and I believe this is the most powerful thing. This is why I think we have technical difficulties, because the enemy doesn't want you to hear this. I believe God does. You know, one of the biggest things for us as a church is we want to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in a service. We have our plans, we have our music set that we're going to do, we have our desires of of what we want to do, but then we say, God, we surrender it all to you, whatever your Holy Spirit leads today, lead us. That's who we are, this is us. What if our lives were like that? What if we said, God, here's my plan, this is it, I'm I'm in this job, I have have this I'm doing, but Lord, I'm going to surrender to you and ask you to lead me and guide me to wherever and whatever it is that you have for me. Scary. But who is more sensitive to your life than the Holy Spirit? He knows what you need. He knows who you are. He knows your triggers. God created you. He created you for a purpose. And I say this not enough. God does not create junk. He created you for such a time as this. And so allow his Holy Spirit to lead you. How do we do that? You're going to have to read Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 10 on yourself for the how. And get ahead, because I'm going to get into that in three weeks from today. My challenge to you, though, is this. Learn how. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Or in Acts, it talks about what's known as a, a baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is that? Read in Acts. We're going, to, we're going to unpack that the next few weeks. This is us. That show. Fun show. Great idea. They're connected all in one way. We're all connected. And God, I tell you, it's really fun in the river, but I like tubing down the river with more people. Okay? I want you to join me in the river. Don't just stay in the lake. 
Come with on this incredible journey. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Say yes to wherever you want Him to lead you in your life. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.